why were they, you know, so sick? And these are, you know, cancer and heart disease or, you know, diet and lifestyle related illnesses and what was going on. And walking those halls as a 29 year old in, in a nursing home, <laughs> like, I just thought, I don't want to be here. I saw at that moment, like, I don't want to end up like this. And what can I do today to change that course? That was Linda Lang, holistic health coach and plant-based chef. And this is the Yogi Triathlete Podcast. Welcome back to episode 54 of the YTP. I'm your host. My name is Jess. And every week, we, meaning my love and co-host BJ and I, have been called, man, we have been called to bring you guys the stories of people looking, finding, and living their purpose. You see, there is no stasis in this life, but there's so many people who are stuck. You know, at any given point, we are either progressing or regressing. We are living or dying. We are moving forward or we are moving backwards. Everything is always changing. Everything and always. Yet so many of us are resistant to change. We are set in our ways and we like it that way. But the truth is, just like the involuntary aging of our bodies, we are meant to grow and change and evolve in this life. And that means taking on our fears, but not in a way where we live without fear. It's not about being fearless. It's about living from a space where we can see fear and then be kind to it. A place where we don't resist it, but get curious about it. And through this, we reveal great truths about what appears to be real in this life. And why should we do this? We should do this because fear isn't going anywhere, ladies and gentlemen. Fear is here to stay, but we can befriend it. We can see its scared little head beckoning for us to listen and buy into the evidence that it presents in any given moment or life situation. None of us are immune to fear, but some of us are immune to its influential ways, and those are the peeps that we bring to you every week. Today's guest, Linda Lang, is very familiar with the limiting power of fear especially fear of change. As a holistic health coach, she works with clients to live their best lives through making changes in their lifestyle and food habits. Habits as in the well-wired behavioral tendencies and belief systems, the ones that define us. In order to change, to literally narrow and, and kill off these old ways, we must create new pathways. But I think as you'll hear in this episode, Linda has a comforting air about her that allows her clients to feel at ease in the midst of massive life change. As a plant-based chef, she introduces high vibrational foods to folks in a way that takes the big deal out of eating vegan. Because really, it's not a big deal to eat vegan. And if you're not ready to for a full-blown change in your nutrition, then take comfort in the fact that it's not all or nothing. These days, there are so many entry points to incorporating more plant-based meals into your daily nutrition without breaking the bank, without taking so much time you have to quit your job to chop vegetables, and most importantly, without sacrificing taste. 
A great place to start is by getting Linda's cookbook available for download on her website or on Kindle at Amazon. Linda's Healing Kitchen is a book about life lessons, love and healing foods, including a collection of more than 30 simple, delicious recipes. The links for this are in the show notes, so definitely check those out. Linda grew up in Connecticut, and she now lives in New Jersey, although we are actively trying to get her to move to the West Coast. (laughs) Being the daughter of a Marine, it was like finding my long-lost sister. No, seriously, have you ever had an experience when you meet someone that you swear you've known your whole life? Well, that's how it was when BJ and I met Linda while I was signing in at the Mendocino Coast 50K. She was there helping out her buddy Sid, race director and YTP guest from episode 52. And I just have to say, it was, it was like love at first sight. We just plugged into her vibe and we knew in an instant that she would be in our lives far past the point of me getting my goodie bag and race number. In fact, Linda, because she is a beautiful and generous soul, is helping us with our cookbook, which is launching this summer. We're working on a larger format book, but we keep getting questions and requests on getting it out there. So we've decided to launch an e-cookbook for you guys. And with Linda on board, it will be infused with only the highest of vibes. Linda is so passionate about guiding people to a better life because she has seen life on both sides. Growing up eating the standard American diet, Linda was set on a nutritional trajectory that for most people end up in illness and disease. And through the most heartbreaking and eye-opening event in her life, Linda discovered the healing benefits of food, specifically that of a whole foods plant-based diet. There's so much to say about our conversation with Linda, but I think you just need to hear it for yourself. So let's get on with our joy-filled chat with the healthy Hoboken girl, Linda Lang. We always say like when you're living in alignment, when you're living in alignment with your life's purpose, things keep falling into falls place. Away. And it doesn't mean that the things are falling that are falling into place aren't scary yeah. as anything. Yes. But you start to get used to that, right? Yeah. Like I, I mean at least Feel I do. Feel the fear, fear and do it anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, do it anyway. The night yeah. before this 50k I ran yesterday, BJ said to me, um, how are you feeling? Like how And I <laughs> and I my answer was it would take an enormous amount of effort for me to be nervous. And anxious. That's good. Because stepping into what I don't know is like the norm for me now. That's your normal. And it doesn't mean that it doesn't come like signing up for this 50K, training for this 50K, running this 50K, like put me continually, put me on the other side of some of my biggest fears. Okay. Yeah. It was, yeah. And how did you hear about it? Through through Jean Bauer. Okay. Okay. We doing our interview when we were at Farm Sanctuary. I was telling you about right, that. right, right, right. There. Okay. So we're rolling. We'll just keep yeah. chatting, and then okay. Let's and the conversation it. came up where because he had just done a triathlon, an Ironman. Because we were talking to him about doing an Ironman. Okay. And I was that was after Lake Placid. Yeah, that was after Lake Placid Ironman. And we started talking about what's next, and he said he just has time to run, and because you know he's traveling all the time. Yeah. And the Mendocino came up, okay. and then your eyes like shot. Yeah, open. very like. <laughs> typical of most things in my life I immediately had a vision of me running on the trail like it was like the future this is how it works with me it was the future dropping in and saying um just so you know this is what's happening in April yeah 
like your and I just it wasn't like a, ooh I want to do that ooh yeah. that sounds interesting ooh I mean all of those yeah. surface things came up too I guess but it was more of like here's a glimpse into what's going to be happening like you are going to do this oh trail race God. and it was in that moment that I was like oh God I think I'm doing it too and <laughs> then and then I was like I'm definitely going to do it it was just it felt so right and, and you waited for registration. Oh my god! I was it didn't stalking. Open yet. Okay, yeah, because yeah, it was. The page. I was Locked. like numbered. I was like num- my number was twenty two. I was like, oh my god! I was like one of the first yeah. people. I registered the first day he okay. announced it, and then as soon as I found out that it was Sid, who is the race director, I was. I'm like, I'm totally in. And then that it was going to be, you know, kind of centered around yeah. this inn, the Stanford yeah. Inn, which is a vegan inn. Yeah. I, I mean, it just. Again, like it was all in alignment and it fell f- together perfectly. And had you been listening to Sid before or just through Jean? No, we knew um, of Sid through we first the Rich Roll podcast. Rich Roll podcast was the first interview yeah, that yeah. we that but I had known of him as when he was in his LA days. Definitely oh, had known oh, of him. Cool. Yeah, which is interesting that Okay. How how the universe works and how, you know, now we're connected with him personally and yeah. we'll be chatting with him after we chat with you today, yeah. which is awesome. He's so great. But I just love his personality. Mm-hmm. I love his dry wit. Yeah. He's <laughs> awesome. And I think we really <laughs> fell in love with him when he did this YouTube video, um, How to Make a Frickin' Salad. Oh, yeah, that was good. Yeah, that's, that's, that's his bowl, his dinner. Right. Yeah. And that was his life, you know. And then, yeah, Rich shared that. And then I was so happy when that kind of just Spiral. went nuts. Yeah. 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 So how do you know Sid? So really, I same type of story. I met, I listened to Sid on the Rich Roll podcast. Um, and then we just kind of, kind of were talking on Twitter. And I like to say that I met him on Twitter because we just <laughs> kind of, I started, started listening to his podcast, loving his small step approach it really resonated with me and what I was doing. And um, I knew they were going to put out a cookbook. So I just, you know, I thought, I'm sure they have it all sealed up and done and ready. But it turned out they needed really a lot of help with the cookbook. And they meaning the Stanford Stanford Inn. So I reached out to Sid thinking, you know, do you need any help with this? And, um, you know, just through email. And then they asked me to come out here and work on it with them, so. From Jersey. From, from Jersey, yes. <laughs> Don't hold that against me. No, yeah, I know I, you, no, we're no, East no. Coast people, so. Yeah, we can yeah, we, So we I, totally know, yeah. And I love that we came, all, we all of us traveled all the way to Mendocino so that we could sit yeah. down with someone from Jersey yes. and do an interview. Yes, that's I love how it, it happens, Yay. yeah. But as you know, we're not going back there anytime soon, so I'm really no, glad that we got to meet you. Here, yeah. yes. <laughs> oh, I like that, I like that. So when was that, when, what was, when you came out here? So that was November, maybe two years ago. So I was out here for 10, 12 days, and Jeff and Joan, um, you know, I just felt instantly at home here. This place is so amazing, really just so peaceful. Couldn't believe I was this close to the coast. And I was leaving November, as you know, in New York, New Jersey. And um, they handed me this binder that's just overstuffed with recipes. And they had been working on the cookbook for like years, but not really getting anywhere. So they handed me the binder and said, just here you go. Let's get going. So... 
We put together, you know, I tested a lot of the recipes, which was a beautiful experience because we had the gardens on the ground. So I would just go with the farmer and just pick whatever we needed for the day. And then they have all the edible flowers that they put on every plate. So we use that. I would go pick edible flowers. I thought I really had died and gone to heaven. (laughs) (laughs) This wasn't work. This was um, such a beautiful part of, you know, I don't know, that just... I was lucky enough to be here. Um, So I did that for uh, 10 to 12 12 days, thinking I could get all the recipes done, which was like delusional. And then I just went back to New Jersey and continued just testing them, rewriting them, connecting with Sid and Jeff and Joan. And um, yeah, we finished the cookbook and they handed it in. So it was good. It was really nice. So I want (laughs) to backstep a little bit to the moment where, like, the inspiration came up to even reach out to Sid and say, hey, do you need it? Like, who who are you to I reach know, out right? to them and right. say, exactly. so do you remember that moment? And Because I think that those are defining moments in our life. And so many of us, it will, the inspiration will come up and we'll take it and we'll put a lid on it and push it right back down. And it's another opportunity missed. Right. It was a real pull. I mean, I, I, so if we back up a little bit before that, I was, um, always a fitness freak. So I was working out at this gym and I was living in Hoboken, New Jersey, and I was sharing recipes. And I, I think I told you yesterday Mm -hmm. I was a teacher. So I had this cute little bulletin board at the gym and they let me put recipes in there monthly. So I was just, I was just could write recipes in my sleep. So I was just like, okay, what am I going to share? And they were all plant-based, you know, but I didn't make a big scene about that. So I just shared the recipes and then reached out to Rich and Julie um, way back early on in the Rich Roll podcast days because I knew they were starting to write a cookbook and I thought, well, maybe they need help with that. So I just felt this like, all right, let me reach out to Rich. He probably won't write me back, but I'm just going to go for it. So he answered me back, which was like, oh my God, I had been listening to this guy forever, loving his vibe, loving the podcast. And he said, actually, you know, I'll, you know, I'll hook you up with Julie. We need help with that. Let me, you know, connect you guys. So when they were just getting their Plant Powered Way cookbook started, um, Julie would send me recipes and I would help with the edits and just help looking them over. I wasn't testing anything, but just kind of, you know, looking over what they had and kind of helping them make it so it was really clear. Yeah. Because if you, I mean, you guys cook from cookbooks. It's it's so nice when the mm-hmm. recipe runs through easy and yeah, it's a pleasure. And then when you have those recipes that are difficult to follow, it's so frustrating. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> well, it's who can with. I pass this book along to? Because I got right. this book because it said it was going to be easy to prepare recipes mm. and they're not so easy to prepare. And I don't have a you know, a unique Indian market to go mm-hmm. to to get this crazy spice. Yeah. So... Yeah, it's, uh, I think that idea of making things approachable, it not only is a success for the book, but it's a success, success for the person on the other end because now they're getting this understanding that they can cook with these plant foods mm-hmm. and it's inclusive. It's not right. exclusive. Right. Like you can't, you can't prepare this food because it's just exclusive 
recipes and exclusive ingredients and too hard and too expensive to do. So close the book and give it away. Right, right. It's so important. So, okay, so reaching out to Sid was like old hat for you because you already dealt with Rich and Julie. (laughs) No, no, no. So I just, you know, I love doing that work. It was, you know, to to work with Julie's recipes. Oh, she's amazing. Yeah, and then so I thought, well, let me just see what they're up to. I thought, oh, they have it all set with with the Stanford Inn. But um, so it was really great. So I continued testing and editing from New Jersey and just um, and then just getting to know Sid more through that experience. And then as he would come to New York to speak or, you know, it was nice. It was really it's it's been a great friendship. But you've so. now you're kind of traveling with him. So what yeah. do you? What are, you're the right hand? We keep <laughs> no. calling you the right, right hand. hand Sid. <laughs> yeah, the right hand. But what is it about the right? What are, What are you doing for him? You said you were just in Marshall, Texas, and now you're up here in Mendocino, which yeah. is you know such a hassle to come up to Mendocino. It's awful, isn't it? It's torturous. <laughs> we feel yeah. really bad for you. Yeah. Um, How did it get from you having your Twitter friendship to you? going to these veg fests and different events with him? Well, you know, I just, yeah, I love, I, I, I love his message. I really believe that what he's saying and to see him through the years and listen, have him in my ears every week to listen to the podcast. I just appreciate the approach that he's taking. And I really truly believe in his message that it's, it's really not all about the food and people focus on, you know, the food and the, you know, which style of eating your, you know, the SOS, the salt, oil free, you know, and, but it's about your, as you guys know, it's much more about, um, it's beyond the plate. So it's much more about community, your relationships, your, your connection with yourself. Um, and that you can, with, doing, you know, small habit change that you can feel better and start to shift your life in a different direction. That it doesn't all always have to be this all or nothing. Yeah. It doesn't have to be big, huge changes. Now, for the for those that are, you know, really on death's doorstep, which a lot of people are living, or just yep. time bombs waiting to explode, yeah. I think that there is a time and a place and a person for the big step because it literally is life-saving. But for most people... It can be a very small change. Yeah. And it can be as simple as feel every bite of the next spoonful of food that you put into your mouth. That yeah. makes you a thinking person. Yeah. And I like how he, you know, I like his his really casual approach. I like his sense of humor. I appreciate that. You know, a lot of people are so serious. Right. And I just like that he's just, he doesn't take it that seriously. And he, you know, eat, you know, whatever you're eating and add a stock of celery and that stock of celery is that, you know, one step forward into you're eating healthy, you're eating a stock of celery. So I really, you know, connected with that like laid back, easy approach. Um, and then when I heard him speak, you know, I would just, I just wanted to support this guy any way I could. And I was happy to, to, uh, to hang out with them. <laughs> the overthinking part and like I just, I know. application. Right? Yeah. Like he's you a cool guy. to do that. Yeah. 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 It's just, it, it, I think he, what, the way he comes across, it's like, it doesn't have to be this big calculated, 
na- macros, naming micros, label. Yeah, yeah, just simply yeah. add celery. So a lot of what we talk about is 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 not to overthink things. Like just I love that. start simple yeah. and small. And I think yeah. Sid really um, accentuates that. I think in his book he's only got one chapter on nutrition. Um, but what is your so what is your philosophy? Because you are you're a vegan chef, mm-hmm. uh, health coach. Yeah. What is your approach to the people that you work with in terms of they're changing their diets or their food habits and and lifestyle? A lot of people are so confused and so lost. And most of the people that I cook for are not vegan, but they're really curious. You know, I don't broadcast that my things are vegan. So I just kind of share food, um, you know, wherever I am. And people, it's people enjoy it, you know. Everything's not a not a win win, mm-hmm. but it's it's really fun to share, you know, vegan food. I don't even say that, you know, with people that are huge meat eaters, and they're like, Linda, that was really good, you know. And and I just kind of yeah, just kind of push it their way <laughs> well, I, love how you, I love how you do that and I've seen that being done here at the Stanford Inn as well you take like the big deal out of it yeah you know like it's not that big of a deal to yeah. eat vegan it's delicious but we I think as advocates and I've been guilty of this too like you want to advertise like look at this and yeah. it's vegan yeah but I love your approach of just sliding it into mm-hmm. how like into a daily diet, yeah. right? And it also takes out the separateness of this is vegan and this is not yeah. vegan, right? Don't classify there's it. no, mm-hmm. it's, it's the oneness. It's the yeah. oneness of all food. And I noticed that on the menu here at Raven's Restaurant, like they have a ravioli dish and it's stuffed with ricotta cheese and That's it's nice. topped with Parmesan. And now and normally we would say, well, Parmesan, that's dairy, but it's not. Yeah. We, it's, it's like calling plastic wrap, um, saran wrap right. and tin right. foil Reynolds wrap. Right. Right. I can't Kleenex. remember the. Kleenex. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, there's a term, there's a term for that. And if I yeah. finished college, maybe I yeah. would know that term, but I, if I stayed at Boston University with that no. communications, um, yeah, it's they don't make a big deal out of it. No. And because it doesn't have to be a big deal. Yeah. There's this idea that I do believe is starting to fade away that being vegan, that eating a plant-based diet is extreme. Yeah. And BJ, you were saying you were just watching a video of SIDS where he had like a banana and he's like, this is extreme. Peel it and eat, eat it. it. Peel it right. and right. eat it. Right. It's really it. not it. complicated. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's lifting it's lifting those labels and I think what you're saying is like it's lifting those labels and saying, Hey, if you still want to eat your bacon cheeseburger, yeah. then eat that. But yeah. what if you like if you enjoyed this dish that I just prepared for you, why not incorporate that too? Right. Like it doesn't have to right. be a this or that. Yeah. Yeah, and it's fun to see families that are huge meat eaters. And I cooked for a family, you know, and she, I went over to her kitchen and she had printed out all my recipes and she has them in this little bitty binder. And, she, and I was like, oh my God, I was blown away. I don't even remember half of what I gave her. But it was nice that she, they're huge meat eaters, fish, chicken. 
family of, of three kids, and it's it's cool that, you know, she's like, all right, I want to make your smoothie, or I want to make your salad, or, you know, so it's nice. But I'm assuming you're co- you come up against some blocks with people. Like, what would be, what's the biggest challenge that you see or you've experienced with working with people? Like time, mm. like a time commitment or, you know, schedules. Uh, people, they don't want to give up their meat, which is fine. For clients, I would, like, they'll just do their meat on the side or, yeah, because I don't do any of that. So I would say they're, they're scared to kind of give up that meat. And that's fine. That's where they are today. And I was once there. So... Who am I to say? Mm-hmm. So I respect that, and um, yeah, that must come from the protein. The whole fear. Pro- I need more protein. Most of my clients come from this gym that I belong to, so it's a lot of meat eaters, a lot of weight lifting, a lot of guys. So, but they they know that you're a plant based chef. Yes. So they're plant yeah. curious. They're plant curious. It's funny, a couple weeks ago, I had these football, they're training off season for football. So I made, he had never had my food. So he's like, but Linda, you know, my mom's doing this cleanse. So maybe, you know, I'm like, oh, let me bring you in something to try. So I'm like, you know, where we are, I'm like, okay, I'm going to do some walnut taco wraps and collard greens. And I'm like, oh, he'll love that. I made it for the other guys there. They loved it. They couldn't believe it wasn't meat. So I'm like, I'm going to make him taco wraps. And he was it was not there yet. So I, he, I said, what did you think? Did you like them? And he's like, um, they were like a lot of greens. And he didn't really care for it. And I was like, okay. It kind of clicked mm-hmm. in my mind. He's not there yet, you know. So everyone is at such a different place. And it was a good lesson for me because it was like, okay, you know, maybe that Come was so mm-hmm. advanced. Um, I so love I love that though. Like it's like oh wait, these guys loved it, so he's gonna he's love gonna it. He's gonna love it. He's a footballer. Yeah, too, it, it's you know? done. I got it. Another plant curious <laughs> guy is gonna be vegan by the end of this meal, um, and it's like people like collard greens. What are you crazy? Instead of a bun, ah, yeah. But yeah. what if you serve that up on a bun, right? I think right. for us as as wellness advocates, we always have to have that ten thousand foot view. Yeah. It's so easy to get attached to yeah. like, oh my God, it worked for this person. It's going to work yeah, for this person. I just, and it caught me off guard. I was like, okay, good. That was a good lesson mm-hmm. of like, pull it back. But you're aware. You're you're listening. It's just not a, it, you're just not on autopilot. Here's the recipe. Here's the plant-based yeah. thing. Go. You're listening to each yeah. experience yeah. because they're all unique. Right. right. And like you said, everybody has different needs yeah. and at different places. That is, that's one of the most important things we come across. Everybody is unique yeah. and different. Yeah. Right? And, and you can easily create an online plan and say, here you go, here's the seven-day nutrition yeah. plan, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and two snacks, yeah. and go. But not everybody will be successful at that because they're at different yeah. stages in their, their processing of the switch in their diet. And they yeah. really, I think they truly don't know what it means. No. Like food, food is, is so personal to people. It is. Right? It is. And when you start to... It's emotional. It's so emotional. And you start it's to so infringe emotional. on that. We're so attached yeah. to it. Yeah, they get fearful. I agree. Yeah, I agree. I see that every day, and I know it. You know, I feel it too. It's like, and I think it's because what underlies it is that there's an energy. It's all energy. There's an energetic force within that food mm-hmm. that is easy to get attached to. But if we 
start to shift our mindset into this is fuel. Right. This is the gas I'm putting in my car. Mm -hmm. This is the oil that I use to lubricate the engine to keep everything moving smoothly and not the answer to my breakup or, you know, that I don't feel good this week and I'm going to sit in bed and just eat chocolates or ice cream or I'm going to go get that big burger and fries or whatever it is. I mean, it can also it's be vegan high. junk food. It's that it can high be of food that we talk about. Yeah. But if we can get in, so we talk about this a lot, but the gap. So if they can, if you can create that little space between what they're eating and how you feel afterwards, mm-hmm. like when you start to make that connection, I'm sure a lot of people eat this food and they, they don't even know they feel like crap and they feel like crap. It's there every day. Is it's there, there every day. It's not, it, they're not feeling well. Right, it's the just, norm. It's their normal. And they can't, they may not have the tools to get out of it. That's yeah, the other thing. They, it's how they grew up, it's tradition, yes, it's normal. Exactly. Yeah. How do you quell those fears? Good question. I, you know, I, again, I just, I, I just let them be. And then my desserts are a nice, easy way to kind of grab people in because they love that. Like they love that it's a, it's not health food by any means, but it's a little bit healthier than maybe they're used to. You're kind of quelling the fears by bringing them more comfort. More comfort and I I let them do what they wanna do because I'm not cooking for them all, you know, breakfast, lunch, dinner. So I don't know what, how they're doing, you know. And so let's talk about the basis of your services. Are you doing mostly catering? Do you work with people one-on-one? So um, I mostly work with uh, people one-on-one that need either it's a small catering, a little party, or um, it's like ordering salads for the week, or they just want something in their fridge after work. A lot of people work in the city, so they're not home, you know, all day. Or they're having people over for the weekend. They don't have time to cook, but they want food ready to go. So, I, and what you, is your reach local, or do you have delivery service? I don't have delivery service, so it's all local, kind of word of mouth. And then, really, when I was in Hoboken, I was doing a lot of different small events. Yeah, I mean, I as you guys, I kind of wear a lot of different hats. So it's like that's a piece. I really didn't like the coaching, the nutritional, co- like the one-on-one coaching. I don't know if it was me just not marketing myself that way, but the, the clients that I had, you know, I think they were great, but maybe they didn't want to change or they weren't ready to change or... Yet they're still coming to see you. There, there's something there. They're curious. Yeah. And then even the cook, I would do a lot of cooking classes too. I still do cooking classes. So that was nice. But then again, I think they're curious. They like the food, but I think they just want to, they don't want to learn how to cook. They just want someone to make their food. That's Mm. what I would find a lot. Yeah. So then that moved you into more of the food prep Prep. and the catering. Well, that sounds like it was the path that it was supposed to take. And when we maybe originally you thought, well, I'll work with people one-on-one, and then you felt like, oh, that, that wasn't working that well. That wasn't and, feeling good. Yeah. But it was the stepping to stone, I think, to where you are now, and it sounds like your business continues to grow. I think following my heart, what brings me the most joy is recipe development, writing, uh, cookbook work. 
So if I can kind of keep down that path and supporting this beautiful community that we have, again, I don't know where it's going to lead or where what my role looks like. That's okay. But it feels yeah. so right. It really feels good. I mean, even yesterday, just being part of the race and this was an idea Sid had when I was here testing the recipes for the cookbook. And he just kind of said, I think I'm going to do this race. And then to be there yesterday. To see it all. To see it all happen. The second year. And he said, it was just like so funny. And then I remember saying to him years ago, like, I said, well, if you ever get that off the ground, I'll be here for you, you know. And that's why I came last year. So... You know, I love this this path that I'm on. I love the people that I get to meet, like yourselves, and it really feels right. And yeah, I think we've we've felt an instant connection when we registered at the <laughs> 50k, and we were talking with you, and it was it was just such an it's just the energy that comes off of you, and oh, really? when we have that discussion, <laughs> it was it was so great. We walked away saying like that was that was a great conversation. Oh, I'm glad. And then I'm we looked glad. you up and we're like, and then oh we God. we officially started the stocking. Yeah. And we we're like, wait a minute, she didn't tell us how awesome <laughs> no, she is. No, and then no. I feel like we keep we keep seeing you over and over and, and I've had such great I've had like six great conversations oh, with you through here. this whole weekend and same here. You I know. I was thinking yesterday I saw you after I finished the race and I was like. You know, sweaty. I had fallen in a mud, like a mud pit. And you you were like walking with all these coffee things. And I just went up to you and like hugged you. And you had like all these coffee containers in your hand. I was like, I bet she really appreciated that nasty (laughs) hug. I hugged a lot of sweaty people (laughs) and I'm happy to do it. (laughs) So So you you were just saying that, you know, you don't know what it's going to look like. You don't know what the future is going to look like. You don't know, but it feels right on the path. Although I'm looking at you and you're in a human body, so I'm thinking there's got to be some times that you feel maybe some fear. Do you question at all? Have you in the past and how do you move through that? What is the difference between you saying it just feels right and I'm going to stay with it than the person, again, like the missed opportunity, the person that says, oh, I've always wanted to get a canvas and paint, but I can't do it. What do you think it takes? What does it take? to open up to that path that feels so right? I think the, you know, the few dives that I've just took and said, you know, let's, let's set, press send to Rich Roll and just see what happens <laughs> and press send to Sid and see what happens have just like, I'm not afraid to kind of push. And even if it's scary, I'm not afraid to try and be of service. I mean, I don't know. I don't know why, why I'm not afraid. It's sometimes I am. I mean, I, but I'm, I, I'll try it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so when you were, so how long did it take to compose the email? Like, let's be in that process. Like what's going through your mind? Did it take days? Did you have it already prepared and we're going to hit send and then you did it. I tweaked it. Um, no, I don't know what that was like. I guess I just, I, I, as, I don't know how many podcasts you listen to, but, you know, I think you feel this connection when you listen to somebody in your ears for, for, for a while and you're like, all right, well, and, and Rich was always talking about being of service to others. And that's, I, I love that. And I, you know, I think with all of us, we just want to help people feel better and to, to be of service to others, um, you always get more back. So that sounds like that's the compelling 
drive. Like when you're ready to do these things, you, the same as us, we're thinking like we're helping people. Yeah. Like above all, this is what is pushing us over that mountain, that fearful mountain. It's like this is going to help somebody. Like this is right. our opportunity to be there for them. And one person at a time. Mm-hmm. Like whoever you run into, whatever class you're teaching or, you know, you're going to affect maybe one person or they're going to tell someone else or – and that's really – how it goes. And I think what I want to make clear is that it doesn't mean that when we're about to press send, whatever that send is in our life, that we don't have a little bit of doubt or fear. It's just that we buy into the, it feels so right. We buy into that more. And when we buy into that more than the, oh my gosh, who am I to be doing this? You can't, if you, you buy can't into that, that yeah. you are, are you're 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 never going to feel worthy of what it is that you are supposed to do in this world because i think we are all here for greatness whatever that looks like bj and i were talking the other day about having that mastery can be found anywhere that if just on the trip up here you were talking about the places where you, the rest areas that you stop on the way and, you know, the person who's changing the paper towels and the, you know, the toilet paper. And I was talking about, like, you can have mastery there. Yeah. If that's what you're doing, do that with all of yeah. who you are. Yeah. And understand that they are in service because it's really nice to grab that paper towel, you know, or to go into that stall yeah. and have the toilet paper. Yeah. And that yeah. it's not that sitting here in podcasting is not any better than what somebody else is doing. No. And what somebody else is doing is not any better than what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Everyone is here on a unique adventure. Mm-hmm. And that to find that adventure and to strap on your boots and keep walking on that path means you are continually going to have to get to the other side of doubt and fear. And sometimes they're like little speed bumps where you kind of don't even notice. And then others felt like, you know, that climb at mile 19 yesterday on the run where I was like, wow, really? This goes straight. This is the biggest one. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't think. But we were actually sitting down with Gene this morning uh, by the fire and talking about he was saying that it was such a metaphor for life. And, you know, sometimes the hills are a little bit more. And I and I was on on that same note, I was saying to him that I noticed when I was climbing up the steeper pitches, the, t- the top of my body wanted to fold over, you know, oh, and like close down, like okay. close my heart and kind of like yeah. kind of fold at the hips. And I kept saying, stand up. T- I kept reminding okay. myself, stand up tall okay. as you're climbing this hill. Okay, cool. And so I think that if we can always just remember to stand up tall, yeah. no matter how big the hill is or how big the wave is that's coming at us, that you are you are not unique in that way that we're all going to have this but the the when we, if we wrote everybody's life down on paper with the surface elements of what we do and all of that it would look very different but if we also wrote down on paper the deepest feelings that we had as we as we fulfilled those professions or those paths or those mm-hmm. movements in our life it would look very very similar yeah yeah, we're more alike than... We are more mm-hmm. alike yeah. than we are different. Yeah. And if you can just stay with this concept of, I'm going to choose what feels right, mm-hmm. 
over what I think I should do or what everybody's telling me to do, mm-hmm. then you will be you will be set on that trajectory for greatness, whatever that looks like. I agree. Whatever yeah. the label is. Yeah. So I'm going to get into your story, your plant-based story. <laughs> so, here we go. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> Buckle up, right. <laughs> Buckle up. I think it's a good one. I get yeah. a little insight on your website. Yeah. So, yeah. Ta- like, where did you grow up? So I grew up in a small town uh, outside of Hartford, Connecticut. New Englander. Yeah, in a place called Tolland. <laughs> And it was right outside of University of Connecticut, so we were really close to the Stores campus, and so really small town. But my parents were from New York City, Long Island area. They both grew up there, and my dad uh, was a teacher, so he, you know, I think he wanted to get us off of Long Island and wanted us to have a little bit more space. But he was a history teacher, so he wanted us, like, he would always drag us to different battlefields and, like, all historical stuff we had no interest in. But (laughs) I think he placed us in Connecticut. He got a job teaching um, in Vernon, Connecticut, and he wanted us in between New York and Boston because he loved bringing us to the cities and loved that, you know, all that cities can offer. Two amazing cities right there. But he still wanted us in to grow up in a small town, which was a really fun choice. You know, so so it was good. I'm the youngest of of six children. Did you wow. have Did you have any rules at all? That's I, maybe that's why I just have no fear because I just had raised the myself. Path was late yeah. for you before. <laughs> yeah. I was indep- I personally was independent at like the age of yeah. four. Yeah, yeah. No big deal. I was the baby as well, but only yeah. the baby of three. Oh, okay. I can't even imagine a Six. few more ahead of yeah, the wow. ahead the of me. Baby's a good spot. It's a good spot, but I yeah. I think you're able to look and you're able to to learn so much from those ahead yeah. of you. Yeah. And you can also slide under the radar a little bit. Oh, I totally did. Right. Yeah. Right. Which is, yeah. I think, what you're doing with your food, too. Oh, yeah. You're, like, I sliding just... it under the radar. I like that's this approach. My, that, I didn't connect that thread, but, yes, that's <laughs> the truth. Yeah. And how did you – what was nutrition like in your family? Like, what were your meals like? Did you have Sunday – like, typical New England Sunday dinners? And So, Irish Catholic household. Oh, yeah. So, a lot of meat and potatoes. I kind of never was a big meat eater. I would kind of choke down the meat, never loved the Sunday dinners. I would eat all the veggies around it, lots of bread and butter on the table, and we'd eat that. Pretty, you know, standard American diet, you know. So a child in the 80s, you know, lots of Diet Coke, lots of white bread. Tab. Tab was... Right up there, you know, lots of tab. I love that, that you know that. (laughs) Oh, my God, we were a big tab household, too. We were the generic sodas, the orange, not the orange crush, but the orange type of soda. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was good, too. That was good, too. Tab and Diet Coke all the way in our house. Sounds like very similar upbringing, the roast in the the oven for hours. And I remember just thinking, like, whoa. Now I realize it was in, you know, flesh just cooking for hours in the oven. (laughs) Um, but my cooking I think started because my mom was so tired you know she had me pretty late Um, she had me at 44 so you know she needed help in the kitchen and she was more than happy to have me in there helping and that's really was so great it wasn't you know like oh you know a lot of my friends grew up where they weren't allowed in the kitchen Mm -hmm. they weren't allowed to be part of the cooking process but um, I was right in there cooking with her and helping her. Do you remember what your 
what your favorite thing was in the kitchen? Like, it seems like these experiences were really profound on, on laying the groundwork for your future, whether mm-hmm. you knew it or not at that right. time. Like, do you remember what your favorite job was in the kitchen? Um, I was the dessert woman, so I would mm. bake the desserts, cookies, pies, cakes, um, anything, anything that, you know, I was love to make sweets, so... That was really cool. And would your um, mom have the recipe, or would it be you just watch what she does, and then the next time you would incorporate she it? She would have the joy of cooking was always okay. out. Oh, yeah. She would do that. It was very basic, though. She wasn't really cooking out of a cookbook. It was just like, how do I feed, you know, so many people tonight, you know, and just so. But we were into watching, um, I don't know if you remember, the Martha Stewart show when she mm-hmm. had Martha Stewart cooking. So we connected on that and I was really interested in how beautiful Martha Stewart would cook and I thought oh my god this is amazing so I would try a lot of her recipes and um, again mom would just give me free reign to just like all right go for it and you would create these amazing like Martha Stewart (laughs) they called me Martha yeah my (laughs) sisters would like tease me and say oh there she goes again Martha Stewart but I just loved how beautiful it was and the the artistry of how she created food. And when we, how old were you about this time? Oh, high school, high school you know, okay. high school, college. Yeah. yeah. And then when did you, did you go to school in uh, Connecticut? I went to school in New York, in, co- in New Rochelle. So College of New Rochelle was a small all-women's college. So I felt that pull back down into the city because whenever we would go to New York City, I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Like, how could my parents leave this place? So I just was wanted to be close to New York City. So I went to school there, had a great experience. You know, again, I don't – I went to school for, for teaching. It was kind of what I knew. So my dad was a teacher, so I was like, oh, I kind of like kids, so I'll, you know, go to school for teaching. Never a big pull, though. Mm-hmm. But now I feel like I'm using the teaching. Yeah, you're definitely using yeah. the teaching. So it all makes sense now. So I'm, I'm teaching people how to cook, how to eat. Um, so it really comes in handy. So <laughs> everything has a purpose, right? And you may not know what that purpose is in the moment. You, a lot of people will get absorbed in that experience. Yeah. Like, what am I doing here? What am I doing here? But there's a purpose for it. And if you're just free and open and willing mm-hmm. to keep pursuing mm-hmm what you want to pursue, but doing what you need to at the time, yeah. everything comes around, it as you does. just said, and there's a purpose for it. Yeah. You know, we're talking about web design. Like, oh. there's a reason why, you know, I was doing web design. There's a reason why you did... Um, a, a tour to college. A, didn't finish college so that you can speak to <laughs> being events, successful. And events, right. Yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Events. Weddings and events. So everything has a purpose, and you may not know it at, at the that time. time. It doesn't. Makes but just be patient then. and it yeah. all comes around. Yeah. Yeah, because you don't have to know. No. You don't have to know where it's all going. No. That's the human condition. That is one of the most flawed belief systems of being a human is that we have to know, that we need to know. Oh, I need to know. I yeah. hear that all the time. I mean, especially when we talk about our the tour that we did and getting rid of everything and not knowing where we were gonna sleep or where we were gonna go or how many that. miles we were gonna <laughs> travel. People would they it's up in the air. Yeah we actually don't even know we don't know where we're sleeping tonight. But we'll find somewhere. Yeah. It's America. That's great. Right. I'm not great. in like like Aww. rural Guatemala, <laughs> yeah, you know, there's going to be a Best Western yeah, totally. that I can tuck tuck my sweatpants into my socks and yeah. slide into the sheets yeah. and just get out as soon as possible. But 
we don't always have to know. And, and I've heard so many times, and again, it's just kind of stepping back and just leaving people, just letting them be where they're at. People say, oh, I could never do that. I have to know. I know there are people that are on that, on that track. And that's, yeah, that's, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But I always say to them, well, I'm in your awareness for some kind of reason. Yeah. You know, there's some kind of attraction there. Yeah. Like there's no there's no coincidence of the people that we meet. Everything is a representative is representative of the energy that we have mm-hmm. within ourselves. Yeah. And you know, staying up here at the Stanford Inn and meeting you and reconnecting with Jean and meeting Jeff and Joan Stanford, it's just like wow, this vibe I got going on inside of me is pretty awesome because look at all these awesome people. And so it's a great way to, if you're not liking the way you feel or you're not liking your life situation, look around at that life situation and what is the energy or the vibe of the people in your life, the people that you work with, the food on your plate, because uh, if everything is energy, as Einstein said, Mm -hmm. then you are attracting in exactly what is within you, but you can change that. And yep. maybe that starts with a stock of celery on your plate. Yes, yes. Change can be that small, yeah. small in the physical sense, but huge in an energetic sense. Mm-hmm. And we think that what we see is representative of the impact, and I don't believe that that's true at all. Yeah. Yeah. So with change, how where was the moment where you became plant-based or you something happened in your life that made the switch? There were a couple different points. I think I was vegetarian for a while before my sister-in-law who's here uh, I think it was definitely post-college we saw John Robbins the Diet for a New America. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um She was really into a vegetarian diet, and I hadn't been there yet, but we saw him speak and went on, uh, I read his book. Um, So that had an impact on me. I had no idea who he was and, you know, didn't think about, you know, um, the ethical side of of that. And then, um, again, not being a big meat eater, so I was more of the vegetables, and then... Um, I still, so, I mean, I, I'm vegan now, maybe five years, vegetarian before that. I mean, occasionally I would have a piece of fish, but it just kind of, and I think listening to Rich really kind of Mm. pivoted me to a plant-based, you know, let, let me give this a try and see how I feel. And the one, uh, I guess five years ago, it was Thanksgiving day. So I, I host Thanksgiving for my family And I thought, I was listening to Rich and Julie in my ears as I was preparing for my family to come over. And I thought this year, I I was, you know, I would have turkey once a year for Thanksgiving. And I thought, let me try not to have that turkey this year. And I didn't tell anybody. I didn't even tell my husband. Because you slid it under the radar. That's my motto, which thank you for (laughs) showing me that's what I do. I so appreciate you guys. Self-discovery. Watch out for Linda. You never know what she's going to slide into your life. Um, So true. You are like stealth. Yeah. Yeah. The Sidler. (laughs) The Sidler. Oh, my God. Another Seinfeld reference. 
for the so, Thanksgiving. So, yeah, and it, I remember I can put myself there right now. Like, I had a new dining room table. We had a, a small apartment in Hoboken, and, it, and we had um, 25, 27 people in this apartment, and I took out all the furniture, put it in our bedroom. and Love it. And, got, and I sat there, and I thought I'd let everyone... Get, make their plates and I made my plate and I was so glad that the cooking was over and I could just sit down and enjoy and I said this is amazing I don't even need the turkey so you made everything without turkey and everybody just came just came ex- my husband made the turkey so oh, okay. he, he always does the turkey for Thanksgiving um, so I'd let him do his thing okay. and I do all the sides and the desserts and, and they were all pretty much plant-based yes yeah yeah okay. yeah so, um, and nobody knew they were plant based, I'm assuming. Um, I think they did, I think they did, but they yeah. loved it, they loved it, they loved it. So, yeah, and I said, Wow, this is great! And then you survived, I totally, sur- <laughs> I not only survived, I felt amazing, and I thought, This is great. And I just kept taking that one day at a time, one meal at a time. I think that's a wonderful holiday, quote unquote, holiday, yeah, to play with that and it's not the first story we've heard that thanksgiving was actually the day that people went plant-based yeah it's really cool because we're celebrating yeah the the holiday itself has a big question mark yeah but then what we do to ourselves on that holiday i mean that used i used to do that i used to eat till i was stuffed i would drink till i was like out of my mind one meal you know it's like let's wait for the leftovers you know, like wait for the leftover turkey sandwiches after the third football game that's I know, on TV. I know, and keep eating. Yeah. Right? So after that Thanksgiving, did you, were you like plant based from there, or yeah. was were there other moments that? Uh, well, being in the New York, New Jersey area, pizza was always that New York pizza mm. just oh, yes. called to Big me. Slices. Yes, yes. So I think you know I had a few back and forth, you know, with a slice or two. And then that was it. And I try. And then I made vegan cheese, and you know, learned about the wonderfulness of nutritional yeast and cashews, and mm-hmm. made my own little sprinkle. And is that the basis for most of your most um, of your cheeses? That cashew. Yeah, I love. Yeah. I always have that in the fridge. I always have like a cheesy sprinkle, nutritional yeast, cashew, sea salt kind of mix. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's so good. And then nutritional yeast is just like. Amazing. But, you know, I don't, I don't really care for any of the vegan cheeses, like the processed vegan cheese. I don't, I had it on a pizza down in Marshall and it was like, well, it was kind of like, I don't need that anymore. So we we went through the same thing with, with Daya, I think it was. Yeah. They have re-upped their recipe and they, they've, they've, have they, okay. It's much better now. Okay. But it's not what I'm drawn to because I just don't need, I don't need that. However, I have, I do have it in the house because we've been playing with recipes and I want it to be inclusive and easy for people. And, you know, if for the small steps, you know, if you want that cheese on top of your baked ziti or whatever it is, you can have that. Yeah. And you don't have, I think what people realize, and they may have that day at Thanksgiving, that it's not a diet of deprivation. Yeah. No. At all. No. But then you had some pretty significant things in your life with your parents yeah. that 
Was yeah. that after this Thanksgiving or before? So that was before. That before. was before. Can you tell that story? Yeah. So, you know, being the youngest of six, my parents had me late, like I said. So they were older parents. And, you know, the, my, my mom um, came down with breast cancer. And so, you know, being her baby, her youngest, we were like, you know, the dynamic duo. We were together a lot. And she we had a really close relationship. So when uh, she had the typical run of breast cancer, so your first scare and then like seven years clear, and then you're back again with um, it came back. And it, this time it was, you know, in her bones and in her um, uh like it was breast cancer to start and then bones and then it went into her brain and all over. Oh, so, just came back with a vengeance. Yeah. And she was scared. I think she knew that it was back. So that was, I was in my mid twenties. So, you know, I was, uh, teaching at that point and caring for my mom. Yeah, it was a, it was a hard time. Um, you know, caring for kids all day and then just being there for my mom at night. Mm. Um, and my dad, I think my dad was, he was uh, a Marine, so a very tough guy. Mm. And I think the thought of, you know, her kind of, you know, slipping like this was more that he could, he was not emotional, so he didn't really talk about it, but <laughs> he was that tough Marine. But um, I knew it was, you know, devastating for him to watch her. Because behind a Marine is a very yes. strong woman. <laughs> yes. My father is a Marine oh, as well. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Cool. There's a lot of parallels in our yeah. story. It's very interesting. Yeah. So, you know, eventually she did a lot of rounds of chemo. Same story. I mean, it's the same sad cancer story. And then she had a surgery and then she was in a, like an assisted living for a bit. And then um, once it got to the brain, it was pretty quick. So she, she died in 2001. And, you know, I was 29. And it was just like, I couldn't imagine, like, you know, it was, yeah, it was a tough moment. But I had the support of my siblings and my family, but it was just kind of such a life changer for me. And then my dad was just, um, you know, trying to be tough. But 20 days after she died, uh, we found my dad on the floor. He had suffered a massive stroke in, in our home that we grew up in. And we were headed to a graduation party um, for my nephew, and um, we were picking him up, and the newspaper was in the door, so usually he was up so early, and we were like, something's wrong. He's usually have read the newspaper by 5.30 in the morning, Mm -hmm. (laughs) so I'm like, something's wrong. And he had, um, yeah, we found him in his office. He had been there overnight. He was still alive, and he managed to come back from the strokes, so um, he died. He was... He was alive for five years, and then he passed away in 2007. Wow, what a strong, <laughs> what a strong wow, spirit! Yeah. Your mom was probably like, "Come on, it's time, come yeah. with me." And he's like, "No, I'm gonna stay for a little bit longer." Did did those experiences affect the way that you looked at your own wellness? After mom had passed, I thought, "Oh my gosh, like, what is cancer? How do you get it?" You know, I dove into any book I could get my hands on about diet, disease, preventative health. Yeah, I just, I found the China study. 
I found, you know, I, I just was just couldn't stop reading about the breadcrumbs. Were, you just kept following. Yeah. And deeper then and what's deeper. heart disease and what's that mm-hmm. about, you know, and why were they, you know, so sick? And these are, you know, cancer and heart disease are, you know, diet and lifestyle related illnesses and what was going on and walking those halls as a 29 year old and in a nursing home, (laughs) like, I just thought, I don't want to be here. I saw at that moment, like, I don't want to end up like this. And what can I do today to change that course? So taking owner, you really took ownership of your own I thought, personal well, health at that point. Yeah. And I thought I was already on, you know, on the track. I wanted to be healthier. I wanted to learn how to, you know, cook for myself and be even healthier, feel good. I always had the exercise piece that was always came naturally. I loved to work out, loved to be, um, to try different classes, but really that sealed it. And what a gift. I mean, they left me, mm-hmm. I mean, to be that young and to kind of shift this way. Um, so today I consider them my little, you know, angels on my shoulder. Oh, just, definitely. You know. And great teachers. Like they gifted you with that really intense life lesson. And we were talking before we turned the mics on about how the people that are closest to us are our greatest teachers and gurus. And yeah. that even though it may come through an emotionally painful experience, that there's always something, there are no mistakes and there's always something to take away. And that sounded like it was a huge shift in your entire um, regimen of wellness in your life at a young age. Yeah. Before you got to a point, because you were pretty, I mean, you were more vegetarian than not, but were you still kind of standard American? Oh, yeah. I mean, still like salmon, chicken, um, gosh, you know, yeah, pizza. What have you learned about the foods that you used to eat, salmon, things like that, that what have you learned about those foods now that you're on the other side that have been labeled as clean ways to eat, lean meats, um, salmon, I've been, I've heard things about, you know, it's like a wonder fish, you know, right. it's People so healthy for that. you. Yeah. What have you learned about those things that you used to eat now that you've done all this reading and yeah. research and yeah. life change? I can't believe it. It's almost, you know, like just thinking about, oh, I'm eating healthy. I'm having salmon and a side of veggies and, um, you know, just reading about, you know, the, the toxicity in fish and um, what's in chicken and how, you know, the, the, what, what you, you know, and you think that that's the better option. What you perceive Um, is healthy. What you perceive is healthy, that, oh, I'm doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. And I think the message is so loud in our world that people really, truly believe that. And I did it, too. You know, I believed it it as well. I literally, like, force-fed myself salmon. I never liked fish. Okay. I never liked fish. Like you, I was kind of a natural-born vegetarian. Yeah. Meat never made sense to me, although I ate a ton of it throughout the years. But I remember literally like force feeding myself fish because I had heard that salmon was so good for you. And so when I, do you run into people who say, well, I eat lean meat? Yeah, they they think their lean chicken and fish are like, well, I have to have that, you know. And And there's a lot (laughs) of fat in chicken. A lot of cholesterol in chicken. Right. And it's almost, I've 
I'm sure you've heard the same thing that it's worse than the red meat. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, it's worse than chicken is the pretty worst. much the worst. In the sodium content and the and fat in fish right. is so high right. level. Right. So why not go to the source? Yeah. So right. yeah, yeah. What are some of the common, you know, those FAQs that we all get? Uh, what is the most common one that you get, and how do you answer it? Where do I, well, the one we all get, where do I get my protein? And how do you answer I that? I heard it with my crew at breakfast this morning. Um, Love it, your crew. <laughs> we see you yeah, with your crew. I know, my older crew. <laughs> and she's, um, and by the way, that who are all staying at a vegan inn that Linda booked the reservation. And two of them did the race just yeah, yesterday. Yeah. Um, yeah, where do I get my protein? I'm not going to. So how do you answer that? Or how do you, how do you approach I, it? I always... Well, I say I wouldn't worry so much about the protein. You're, you know, do you need that much protein? And then I say I find a lot of people aren't eating enough. Like they're starving themselves, so they're depriving themselves of oh I can't have that or I can't have that. Um, so they're, you know, they're so desperate to lose weight or you know they'll try anything. We've been coming across the fruit lately where people won't eat the fruit because of the sugar right come on how do you quell the fears about eating the fruit i just say like anything in that produce section is not going to hurt you and it's full of fiber it's all the colors of the rainbow you should be eating that your body knows how to work with that don't worry about the sugar it's not you know the cocaine white sugar that you're eating you're baking with it's mm-hmm. fruit. It's real food. <laughs> the cocaine, white sugar. <laughs> that's really what it is. You're not doing a line of that, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> or you could. <laughs> I guess you could. <laughs> and Have a try an it. underlying <laughs> thing that keeps coming up in our conversation, whether we're talking about it or not, it's there needs to be a, a, a mindset change because of the influx of information through marketing of big agra and you know pharmaceuticals and all of that we have this idea that chicken is lean meat and we have to eat salmon and so it really is there's a big mindset change and i think a lot of that comes through education mm-hmm. right for people who are ready and they're plant curious like mm-hmm. those plant curious people how curious are you you know and Where fill it with you? education yeah. but what are other things that are important to a, a life of wellness, because you said at the beginning it's not just food. So what else is it? It's so much more. I mean, food I think is is an b- important piece. Um, I think it, you know, like Sid will talk about. It's you know your relationships with your family, with your friends. Um, are you isolating, or are you you know people tend to isolate themselves, or are you? you know, getting out of your comfort zone and meeting new people or trying new things and, you know, growing personally and professionally, you know, learning, keep, you know, keeping yourself, learn, you know, fresh and learning new things. I think it's important. And we tend to get cozy and comfortable with where we are. Um, so it's important to keep learning and growing and kind of checking in with yourself about, you know, um, you know, how is this relationship going? And I, you know, it's so important. Curiosity <laughs> is, curiosity, I believe, is the foundation of mindfulness. Yeah. And how does mindfulness play into this, this wellness 
of life. Do you practice mindfulness in your own life? I try to. It's hard. I mean, I definitely... <laughs> it's hard because it's the simplest thing we simplest could ever thing. do. I, you know, I, I try, I don't, you know, have a, a serious meditation practice, but I take deep breaths all throughout the day. I, you know, I try to slow down. When I eat, I try not to have any gadgets near me. Um, that's been really challenging. Um, so mindfulness, mindfulness is, is huge, you know, just to, I'm not perfect by any means, but I have to, I have to check in with where I am and how I'm feeling. I think that being mindful when you're eating, I think that's a key component, putting down the phone and just in the dining room last night as we were having dinner, I looked around and half, oh, maybe half is a little much, maybe like a third of the people were looking, someone was looking at their phone. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, in, wow. in, in the dining room. So how, how do you, how do you do, how are you working with it? Are you purposefully putting the phone in another room or mm -hmm. separating yourself from the TV or how, how are you doing that? My, my husband works late hours, so oftentimes we're, you know, eating by ourselves during the week at least. I will make myself dinner, and we, uh, we live across from a park, so in the front, I'll just sit on the stoop in the front and just look at the park, and I'll bring, like, my plate or a tray out, mm -hmm. and I'll just eat my meal there. And I just feel like, oh, okay, even if I have work to do after dinner at least I'm just going to take this pause for myself and really nourish my body enjoy this meal that I prepared and so I do that I listened to a flexitarian lady she was speaking at some health conference Dawn Blattner is her name she's a dietitian and RD out of Chicago and she had this really cool mantra and she said sit table or I think it was like sit table plate and she talked about how important it is for mindful eating. And she said to herself, and she was working with a lot of clients, and how when you're, sh you're ready for a meal, just keep saying to yourself, sit down, because half the time we're eating over the sink, mm -hmm. right? So sit, table, plate. And those three things, that mantra, I try to remember that um, when it's mealtime. And please, we eat in like 10 minutes or, you know, we try to take longer. Sometimes we don't have that much time. But, you know, for 10 minutes, I can sit down, have my plate and be with myself for a moment. You know, what I find through my own mindful eating practices and because it's a practice, yes. it's not mindful yeah. eating perfection. No, no. <laughs> right? No. I eat over the sink, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and then I justify it and go, well, standing's good. We don't it's have better, furniture. So. Better than sitting, yeah, we and we don't furniture. have her. Yeah. We don't have a kitchen table. So. We don't That's have great. a kitchen, I know, oh, and it's, I know. My mother's like, well, just sit down at the table. I'm like, I told you, we don't have a table. She's like, well, let say lay on the couch. I'm like, we don't have a couch. Aww. Like, we literally don't have any furniture. Aww. I love it. But we do have a couple bar stools where we could sit and mm -hmm. eat. But cool. what cool. I'm getting at is the experience that I have in my mindful eating practices is I sit down and I always like to up the challenge. So a lot of times I'll have my laptop on one side of me and my phone on the other face down and the laptop is open but the screen is black. Okay. So all it takes is for me to hit a button yes. and then I can pull something up. Magic. All it takes is for me to turn my phone over yeah. and I can see that there's a text. So I've yeah. got these energies that are like, pick me, pick yeah. me. And then I have my plate of food in the middle. 
And what I notice is when I get quiet, my mind's not quiet. No. My mind is not quiet, nor should it ever be because the mind, the way it's designed, is to just always be looking, labeling, analyzing. So if you think about your mind as like a Google search, it's always searching for results. It's always searching for, okay, what's a match for the thing that I'm seeing right now? And so what I do is I just give my mind a job. I say, okay, mind, you're going to now focus on chewing this bite of food. And cool. it's almost like you do it under the radar. Like all of a sudden your mind is like, okay, I can do that job. Mm-hmm. Okay, one, two, three, four. Okay, we've yeah. chewed it 30. Okay, now swallow it. And yeah. then before it can kind of get on to itself, it's completely merged into the activity of eating. And that's mm-hmm. flow. Flow is awareness and activity. It's the meeting points, the merging of those two things. Mm-hmm. So whether you're out running a 50K or you're you know eating a piece of pizza – you can be in flow in those states. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's a very simple task of tasking out your mind and directing your awareness. But that's a practice because it's easier to direct my awareness out to watching a YouTube video yeah. mm-hmm. than it is yeah. to direct my awareness in. And that's just conditioning of the human, the human world that we live in, the physical world. But that's something I like to do is I sit down and I say, okay, mind, don't worry. We're not going to leave you alone to be crazy. I'm going to bring you into this experience. And let's chew the food. Let's feel the fork. I know. Like, is it cold? Is it warm? Put the the fork down. And now put the fork down and feel it. So yeah. it's, you're not saying, okay, shut down mind. I don't need you anymore. It's like, I do need you. Enrich this experience for me now. Yeah. And you bring That's the cool. mind in. You yeah. know, we were talking on the way up here about fear and how it's like, <laughs> take, you know, don't say fear, go away. It's not yeah. about being fearless. It's about opening the door. Our yoga teacher, um, both BJ and I have been trained by the same yoga teacher. He's like, he always talks about <laughs> the ego, like, Invite it in for tea. Yeah. yeah. Make it a Sit sandwich. Down with them. Take a drive. Yeah, I like the that. The one in the back seat. Yeah. Or the passenger seat. Don't let them drive. Don't let them drive. Don't let them t- like, <laughs> come along for the ride. I like that. Don't let them touch the wheel. Yeah. Never give them the keys. <laughs> but put them in the back seat. That's Next cool. thing you know, fear's in the back seat going, hey, this is great. I'm having, a, I got popcorn yeah. back here. I got all these snacks. Yeah. And it doesn't even realize that you're like, okay, fear, come along. It's like yeah. under the radar. Come along, fear. Yeah. But you're going in the back seat. Yeah. You know, come That's along, cool. mind. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a task, yeah. so that you can do your thing and live to, and to live to your fullest yeah. job in this world, which is to analyze and label. But I'm just gonna have, I'm gonna bring it in to food, and it's no different than putting it out to watching a television show, because now mm-hmm. it's just directed out. But mm-hmm. it's, it's a mindset shift. It's a, an unconditioning of what we're told to do. We don't have all this marketing for, um, you know, have your mind count the times that you chew your food. So what we're up against is a world of billboards and commercials and videos and all these like really easy cue it up and let your mind go out. But if you start to look at it as just give your mind a job, whatever it is, even in a meditation practice, the job is, okay, mind, feel this breath. And it's going to go off and it's going to go fishing yeah. and it's going to be like all of a sudden you're going to be figuring out what you're going to wear and you're like, oh, crap, I'm <laughs> meditating. So you bring it back in. Yeah, It's a practice. It's not perfection. It never, in, as long as we are in human bodies, it will never be perfection. No. You got to let go of that. Yeah. yeah. That's good. 
Any other big facets to wellness? Yeah, I guess I think just that checking in with yourself and listening your body like we were saying before just you know your heart always knows what's right um it'll always lead you in the right way yeah keep listening you said you read a lot of books what's was there one that was a lot of people ask us what's what's one book what's a cookbook what's a what's one book what's your go-to for people who are plant curious there's so many. The re- the re- there's a mountain of research and yeah. evidence. Or video. Maybe, or maybe videos. I would. St- so I was just gonna say. I yeah. wouldn't really gear. I would do the standard forks over. Watch forks over knives. Some of the meat eaters that I've done cooking classes for, I, I always leave them a homework assignment of watching forks over knives. So that's what I always recommend. And that's, that's a such a, one. you know, as we know, well All done. Yeah. 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 It can reach a lot of people. Yeah. And so you've been fully vegan now for five years. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like you're getting what you need from your diet and your lifestyle? Absolutely. I mean, you know, to think about where I was at that Thanksgiving table to now, um, such such a drastic change, you know, even in the last few years and, um, I was just telling my brother this weekend, I'm like, oh, I don't even use any recipes anymore. I'm just like, you know, what plants do I have? What looks good at the store? A potato or rice? And I just like that freedom of no recipe and just easy cooking and don't overthink it. Mm-hmm. So, But you yourself have a recipe book. I do. For people yeah. to check out. And where can they get that? Um, it's on my website. It's on Amazon. I'm in the process of printing it out, printing copies out right now. So it's always nice when I'm doing a class or a talk where I can have something physical. Um, you know, the ebook is was my first, my beta tester. You know, just you know, after working with Rich and Julie, I thought I need something to have that's my own um, and to share my story of of how this all happened. So um, yeah, so you can find that there. What is your website, social media so contacts? So it's uh, lindalang.com, and um, it's Lang is L-A-Y-N-G, and I also have uh, Y is Linda, too. So. And then social media, all the outlets. All the outlets, yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. And we'll put this in our show notes so people can connect with you. Thank you so much. This has been a real pleasure. And I have one more question because <laughs> I love the final question. What's one thing somebody could do today? That's not earth shattering to move them in a direction of more wellness in their life. Wow, that's a huge question. Um, <laughs> I maybe just start with a breath, take a breath, and um, put down the phone. That's mm. two things, but put down the phone and check check in with yourself. Yeah, I love that. Start there. Yep, I love that. Because, <laughs> you can do that anywhere. Yeah, and I always say like. I teach uh, really breath-focused yoga. I mean, we're BJ and I, like we're calling the breath. Okay, breathe in, breathe out. Like That's good. pretty much uh, throughout most of the class, and it's very new to the area where we live, and people are responding to it. And this woman came up to me after class a couple weeks ago and said, "Look at you making people breathe." She's like, "It's amazing." <laughs> and I said, "Well, think about cool. what would happen if we didn't breathe automatically." 
that if our bra- if our bodies didn't breathe automatically, what would happen? She's like, oh, I'd be dead in how long does it? How long can you last without breathing? Because I, right. I would be dead. Right, right. Thank goodness. Yeah. So it all starts with one breath. Yeah. I love yeah, it. That's Perfect. Cool. That's cool. Awesome, Linda. And maybe we'll see you next year at we, the 50K. It's, it's a it's a date. We definitely will <laughs> see know. you next year. I know. I think we're oh, gonna yeah. be back. Yeah. Come I think back. this is our. I think this is our new Lake Placid. I think this is our new uh, Krupalu. I think this is our new place. everything. Yeah. This is our new new. Uh, yeah, we're happy to have you guys and. Yeah. It was a real pleasure meeting you. and It was Same inevitable. Yeah. It was so <laughs> inevitable. I love it. Thank you so much for your time today. Thanks for what you're doing. That How'd that go? First podcast. That was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> that was easy. Great job. So yeah. easy. Okay, that's it. Episode 54 with plant-based chef Linda Lang, recipe creator, wellness coach, healthy chef, and author. She'll be joining us again in Mendo for the 50K next year. And although Sid relies heavily on her support, we have a secret, or I guess not so secret, plan to get her on the course. It's going to be a big old plant-based love fest celebration next year at the Mendocino Coast 50K. And we hope to meet some of you guys out there. Check out the show notes for all the info and how to get more goods from Linda, especially her cookbook, Linda's Healing Kitchen. Thank you once again for tuning into the show. We get so inspired every week when we launch yet another dazzling soul into the community. We are so grateful to all of our guests and all of you listeners. This podcast was never in the plan, but... When we live in flow, we find ourselves in the midst of opportunity that we may never have imagined, but in order to ride those waves, to see those opportunities, we must not let fear paralyze our potential. Keep listening, you guys. There is great wisdom in each episode. If you want to support the show in a new way, please visit our Patreon page and set up a monthly donation of your choice. The link is in the accompanying blog post on yogitriathlete.com. Until next week, stay in touch with the moment you're in. See what's in front of you and stay curious about the things that may appear real, but in fact are not. This is the essence of high vibe living, a way of conscious, powerful living that is available to all of us.